This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I have a special guest coming to me uh, via the wonderful technology called Zoom that we use all the time. But uh, Roberta Hoppy, who's one of our leaders in Memphis, Tennessee. Welcome, Roberta. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good to, good to have you. And uh known you for quite a while now, I guess, as long as, uh, I've, I've gone to Memphis and met, you know, your family and all that stuff. So, uh, and I'm going there next week to, uh, to be, at, by the time this goes live, I might be there that week. So, uh, excited to meet, see all you people out there in Memphis. So, uh, so, um, Roberta, I want everybody to get to know you a little bit and a little of your story. I always like to start with everybody's story, kind of where they came from, uh, what their where they were in their faith, kind of their faith development, what the journey did for their faith uh, and impacted them personally and in their ministry and all that, or in their family. Um, and then we also want to talk a little bit about influencers, women as well. So, so Roberta, tell a little bit about your story and your, you know, kind of your life and your faith a little bit, wherever you want to start from. And I'll probably jump in and ask you questions here and there. So go ahead. Sounds good. I'm glad to be able to have a chance to share my story um, and hopefully it'll come across in a, in a smooth way because, you know, our whole lives are, are kind of a series of, of different circumstances and events. Um, but I want to go back to my upbringing. I was part of a family of five children and I was smack dab in the middle. I had two older siblings, my sister, my brother, and then two younger brothers. So I was the middle child. And we were brought up in a Lutheran church. And I would say it was fairly liberal Lutheran church. Um, I went through co communion uh, confirmation in middle school and uh, learned some things in there, but it was mostly just memorization. I had no no idea really what I was memorizing. You know, I, I knew about God and I would say my concept of God as a child was more like uh, Santa Claus, like he sees you and he knows you, you know, and th things like that. But um, it was more of a fear, I would say, and not really understanding who God was. So um, fast forward to when I was 16, I was dating a young man who went to a Bible church and I double dated with a friend of mine who was dating his friend. We went on a Sunday night to their church and I believe I saw the first Billy Graham movie back in the day. I think it was the sword and the switchblade. It's hard to remember, but I'm pretty sure that was the day that I heard the gospel for the first time and I responded. So I know I became a Christian at that time, but I also know that I had no clue what that meant. So I spent a series of years kind of, you know, experimenting with different things. No one ever really discipled me because I never went back to that church again. In fact, uh, his parents thought I, I was just doing it as show, but I, I was sincere in my um, acceptance of the Lord that night. But anyway. I had to experiment a lot and I had to have a lot of uh, experiences um, with different things before I really understood what faith was. 
I started dating my husband to be in college. He was also raised Lutheran. And uh, I would say that he was much further along than I was in faith. He understood it better. He went to a more, um, I would say, conservative Lutheran church. And the gospel was a little more clear, uh, clearly presented in that church. So uh, we both went to a Lutheran college. That's where we met. Um, It was Valparaiso University. And it's very memorable to me because... I had to take Old Testament, New Testament. And I remember my Old Testament professor and um, the first time that I read Exodus, remembering the verses that talk about Moses and the encounter in the burning bush and um, remembering that it says, or God said to Moses, I am that I am. And that was the first time I ever heard that. And for whatever reason, it really stuck with me. It just it just really stuck with me. I didn't really know what it meant at that time. But as you know, the years went by, I began to understand that that means God is just everything. And he is all all encompassing and all that he says he is. Um, So anyway, I left that school after my sophomore year. And I transferred to a nursing school in Chicago, but eventually uh, that person and I got married after after college. My, my husband's name was Len. And uh, we we went to, when we got married, we went to this little tiny Lutheran church in Chicago that was an independent church. And um, they taught so much scripture. But um, so I learned so much scripture in that church that uh, I believe that was God ordained because I didn't know scripture and they would have a, they would have a service in the morning service in the evening, Wednesday night um, in so many, so many sermons. Um, And I learned all the praise songs at that church, but we began to realize that was too way too um, legalistic. And so after about eight years, we left that church and went to a church uh, evangelical church. And the next church we went to, I believe that I learned about grace at that church. So I learned a lot of scripture in about eight or nine years. And then I started to learn about grace and that was going to be, that was going to be life-changing for me. So, um, we had four children in that period of time and, uh, they're, they're pretty close together. So I have three, three girls and one boy. And uh, they're all grown up. I have nine grandchildren. Um, So my husband was in the automotive industry and had his own company at one point, went through bankruptcy in the early 90s. And uh, that forced us to to have to move down to Memphis, Tennessee. We were in Chicago um, area at the time. Grew up in Chicago area and we were there uh, until 1994. We moved down to Memphis in 1994, and um, he was hired by a company down in Memphis with the automotive industry. So I had to um, get used to a new culture in the South, which was also life changing and hard at, at first, but I uh, realized also that was totally God ordained. Uh, about a year and a half after we moved, my husband uh, was diagnosed with a tumor in his chest, um, outside of his lungs, but right smack dab in the middle of his chest, very difficult um, place 
to have a tumor. We ended up having to go to Chicago for the surgery, which was the only way to uh, treat this at the time. This is going back to 1995. And um, so he had this very, very difficult surgery on January 8th of 19, uh, nine, yeah, 1996. And he died post-op uh, about eight days later, nine days later. Um, so at the time, my children were 17, 15, 13, and 10. And um, yeah, and he had, uh, from the time he was diagnosed to the time he died was about five, six weeks. So it was pretty quick um, series, series of events. And of course, extremely life uh, changing again. Um, so I mentioned the church that we were, the second church we were at in Chicago was uh, all about grace, that I was learning all about grace. We had to go through bankruptcy. We went through a series uh, where we were uh, having money extorted from us. The FBI was involved in that. Um, so we lost our house, um, went through all of the financial things that go with bankruptcy and all of that, you know, continued to show me that God provides the grace and the strength that you need at the very time that you need it, not before, but, um, but when you need it. And I was learning all about that. It was very difficult, obviously, totally difficult time going through bankruptcy, going through extortion, going through all of all of the life changes that we were going through as a family. Then we move down to Memphis, which was also difficult, but we became part of a church that was just amazing and so um, so supportive of of that grace message that we're saved by grace through faith nothing of ourselves, but it's a gift of God. And um, so that was what I was in, encountering at the time that my husband died. And throughout that grief process, I, um, I just became more and more uh, aware of God's presence and his power, his strength, and his ability to fill in the gaps, you know, when we have a big loss like that. Um, not to say it was easy, it was terribly devastating, but um, but God was there during that time. And I, I can see, you know, if you look back at all those circumstances, how he was preparing me for that day that I would lose my husband. So um, fast forward to when my children, you know, went to college and my oldest one, Nicole, uh, met her husband at Washita University. So um, at some point, all of, all of them have gotten married and had children, but Nicole and Jay um, stayed in Memphis and the rest of them were in, in different places throughout the country. Um, and I ended up, uh, we ended up living together off and on. You know, they'd live with me for a while and then I'd live with them so on and so forth. So at some point they just said, why don't you just move in with us, sell your house and let's be done with it. So we did that. We took that step about, um, I would say, whew, maybe 18 years ago. So I've been living with Nicole and Jay for a long time. And everybody says, how can you possibly do that? And again, it's, you know, it's something that God provided and, um, 
you know, we all uh, had to make adjustments, but I think it's worked out pretty well. So what does it all have to do with the journey? I would say that throughout that grace walk that I had, I did a lot of Bible studies. I started doing Bible studies back when my children were very young. And uh, I love, love, love studying the Bible. And uh, we did all the typical Bible studies with Beth Moore and um, Anne Grimlotz and so on and so forth. Um, pre- I've done precepts. I've done I've done all of them. Just not not really, but I've done a lot of them. Well, back uh, in 2013, I believe it was um, Jay, my son-in-law, um, was approached to do a journey group. And as a matter of fact, about maybe two years before that, the man who led his journey group um, approached me about doing uh, well he gave me the book um the prayer cottage and he said hey i'm doing something i want you to read this book well i basically put the book on a shelf and said okay you know i'll I'll look at it but i i think i looked at it and read about two pages and then i put it on the shelf so um much to my chagrin i did that but i guess it wasn't god's time for me to really look at it Uh, So that was about two years previous to that. And um, when this man was going to approach Jay about joining his group, he came to me and he said, do you think Jay would want to do this journey group? And I I said, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe you should ask him. I have no idea. So um, I didn't know that Jay was being prepared for joining this journey group because he had had encounters with two men who are very close to him um, that were in a journey group and he could tell the difference in their lives. He sat down and talked to them and said, what's going on with you? And both of them were in the same journey group and both of them were being impacted in, in such a deep way by the journey. So that when Jay was asked to be in his group, he already knew about it and he was ready to say yes. So Jay got into his group, I believe it's 2013. And so when he began to do his journey group, his wife, Nicole, and I both noticed that there was there was a big change in him as well, that he was being impacted in a different kind of way. And um, <clears throat> so we were curious about that. And he just, you know, began to share a little bit, but he wasn't really, he wasn't really ready to share what was going on with him. He, he just said that it was making a huge impact on him. So um, when I was approached again about the journey by Howard, who was his, his leader, um, that was the time that the Lord really struck me with uh, being ready to be in a journey group. But the problem with me was I had no idea what it was or what it meant or what I was going to be doing because there hadn't been a women's journey group before in Memphis. So I was kind of blindly saying yes to something I wasn't really knowing how to do. Um, But my first group that I did was with Nicole and several of her friends and whose husbands had also gone through it and uh, some other women that I invited to it. It was a, you know, about 
just different age groups and that. And there were 14 of us that went through it for the first time. And it was highly impactful uh, journey group. And I would say the thing that was so different for me about it that I just fell in love with was as much as I love doing Bible studies, I always felt like, you know, you came to the end of the Bible study and then you just start another one. Certainly you pick up knowledge and understanding about different portions of the Bible, but um, the, the lifelong impact wasn't, uh, I don't want to say it wasn't there, but it was, it was just different. I felt like this had a lifelong impact because it taught us how to have a close, intimate walk with Jesus. And that was always something I wanted. And um, this just helps you go that much deeper with with the Lord. And so that's that's how it's impacted me. And uh, I've been involved with it for about 10 years now. And um, I don't want to ever not be involved. Yeah, well, I, I love the story and, and I've, I've heard parts of that. Um, you know, since mainly the parts when you got in the journey and all that. And I, I, when I started as executive director, Rocky and I took a trip to Memphis and that was January of 16. And I remember uh, we met with all you ladies or th- there was a group of ladies anyway. And, yes. and no men were allowed besides me and Rocky. So uh, <laughs> we got to hear, and you know, and at that time we were like, is this women's expression of the journey really viable? I mean, is it, cause there was a little bit of a feeling like that Rocky was, given this for men originally, that's what he thought, right. you know, right. but boy, by the time we left that house that night, we knew for sure without a shadow of a doubt that God was using the journey with women. I mean, it was like to hearing the stories around the table were, were blew us away and, right. and a lot of tears, a lot of, a lot of Kleenex being passed around the table and, right. and just seeing the freedom and the joy. It was just, it was really cool. So, so yeah. So what's, I just guess one just last question for you. What's the biggest thing that you've gained personally from being involved with influencers and, and doing the journey? What, you know, what's the biggest aha or, cause you had a background in a lot of Bible study and a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of things. What was, what was it about the journey that might maybe was different or struck you in a, in a profound way? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think because of all of the things that I already described, I think on my personal spiritual journey, um, this was this was the next missing piece. Probably that's probably what I would say, Um, because I I did, like I said, learn about grace and I did a lot of Bible studying and I fell in love with the word, Um, particularly when my husband passed away, I became more, um, I think that, that the Bible just made more personal sense to me than it had in the past. Um, it, it became where I would personally pray and put my name in, you know, certain passages just so that it was, um, more personal, like I said. So I think I was already on that journey of, you know, making, um, Christ more of an intimate friend, but um, I think that the journey and the materials for the journey help you to understand the process better of of having intimacy with Christ. Because when Rocky in Journey of the Inner Chamber talks about the inner chamber, um, you know, if you go back in the Word and even I think it's Psalm ninety or Psalm ninety one that says, "He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High." 
shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So, you know, that is, that's the secret place. That's the inner chamber. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that, I don't know that there's anything else that teaches us what abiding is because Mm -hmm. abiding is talked about so much in the Bible and mentioned, but then we don't really understand what does that mean, you know? And so I think that the journey for me personally is, has taught me and it is teaching me I have a long way to go, but is teaching me what it means to abide. Just that's the most important thing. He wants us to dwell in his secret place. Yeah. Yeah. Your story sounds a little similar to mine as far as from a faith perspective, I was growing and learning for about 10 years um, but I didn't know how to put it all together. Like I didn't know how to share with other people because I right. didn't want to, just because it worked for me, I didn't suspect that it would work for others. You know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, know how that would work. Uh, so Rocky's process, now I had a tool I could go and help exactly. other people and it, it, it helped me verbalize it and and bring it to other men. So, so, so let's, let's talk a little bit about um, the, the women's ministry has grown. I mean, I think Memphis was one of the first places it really, there was some activity with women here in Northwest Arkansas because some wives saw the changes in their husband, kind of like you saw in your son-in-law and mm-hmm. Nicole saw in her husband. Um, and women started going, can we do the journey? And, and Rocky was so surprised. Yeah. You know, because his even his allegories were kind of written in a masculine context and, right. you know, and, and and he just didn't think women would connect with it. Uh, but they do and they still do today. Yes. Um, so it has just grown organically. Uh, so there's really a I, I call it a I almost call it a branch of the ministry, really, called mm-hmm. Influencers Women. It's like its own right. branch, really. And right. we support it and believe in it and love it. Um, and I've led lots of couples journey groups too, which is a great place where women and men kind of go together on the journey. Um, but uh, my wife's also led a couple of women's journey groups and loves the women's side of it. So, so um, you know, we do a thing called summits um, and we've done multiple summits uh, and, and they're just a chance to gather our men from all around the country and, and take a pause get away with the Lord, a bunch of people who've been abiding and leading journey groups and doing different things, coming together and, and just letting the Lord minister to us collectively, you know, and, and mm-hmm. breathe a vision into us and give us rest and, and inspire us in different ways. And we put people in breakout groups and we do all this stuff. And we've done at least 10 of these, pro- probably more uh, through the years. And the women started saying, well, we'd like to do something like that. And so a couple of years ago, we did the first ever women's summit Right. And, uh, and it was really neat. I mean, it was, it was, uh, about 120 women from around the country. You were there, uh, Roberta. Right. Um, right. and I think some of the same benefits we saw from the men's side happened with the women and, uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 it, you, you know, kind of just gets, gets people excited to go back and go make disciples and to go lead journey groups and, and maybe gives them helps fill in some gaps. Maybe they, maybe they don't, they didn't see the whole view of what this ministry is all about and it kind of fills in the gaps or the the blank spaces. And uh, so anyway, uh, here we are now in 2024 and there's a lot of women uh, who are t- still talking and chatting in different ways mm-hmm. and they're ready to do another summit. Right. Um, right. right. <laughs> so tell, tell everybody what that's looking like and what, what are, what are some tentative plans going on? I know you've started to have some meetings, right? Uh, Yes. So tell 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 the ladies out there what what's cooking anyway. Well, 
We have had a few meetings and um, one of the challenges is to find a time and a place. That's our biggest challenge. And uh, let me just tell you that the meetings that we've had have been a real blessing because it has gathered some women that I didn't know before and, uh, and others that I do know. But it's been a blessing because we've been able to share just in this small group uh, from different parts of the country what's going on in their area. And the biggest takeaway from that is, is that God is on the move in these groups and in these areas and in new areas. And um, one of the ladies that's on this call is 80 something. She's over 80 sharp lady from Wichita, Kansas. And then we've got people from Maine and California and Arizona and um, Arkansas and I don't know, all over the place. But the, the biggest takeaway, like I said, is that God is moving in such profound ways in these journey groups. And so these women have been so highly impacted that they just want to get with other women. They, they want to, they just want to serve God in whatever way he calls them to. And uh, so that's been the benefit for me of, of even trying to have a meeting is being with these women because they're just powerhouses. And so um, we're, we're still being challenged by the whole location and, and um, date uh, issue. But um, our prayer is that it's just totally God moved you know, that God is just going to guide it and move it and put it where he wants it to be when he wants it to be there. And so we, you know, you have a tendency to want to control things and just say, okay, we're just going to decide and we're going to, this is what we're going to do. But I think that being cautious about doing that and just trying to listen to the spirit and pray and listen some more is kind of the, the path that we've taken on this. And so I don't feel, I don't feel um, worried about it or, or an urgency, but I think that it's something that everybody really wants to do and is really excited about doing. And I've, I was on a call yesterday and someone else um, got wind of it and wants to be involved. So, and, you know, so that's fun to have more women come because we're meeting more women and, and so the whole process of putting it together is going to be amazing because we don't even know each other. And so that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, we're looking at the fall and trying to find a location that would work for everybody. So that's kind of what we're looking at and hoping for and praying. Okay. About. Okay. So, uh, and you, so you have kind of a committee or at least the beginnings of a committee started mm -hmm. right now. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Are you looking for more help or you think you guys have a big enough team right at the moment anyway, or what do you think? I think the, um, like I said, I think that part of this process is bringing women together that don't know each other and seeing what the needs are and, and the, and the wisdom that God's bringing from directions that we didn't even know about. So I'm open to whoever wants to be part of it. Well, once we, make a final decision on location and, and time, then we can divide into smaller 
committees. So I'm not worried about how many people want to get on this. Um, I know that everybody's busy and have things to do. So another committee meeting is not an, on everybody's heart or mind, but certainly if it is, I think that people should contact me and, and I'll put them on our, on our meeting. <laughs> okay. Well, if, if it's okay with you, we'll put your contact information out there uh, along with sure. this podcast just so people can find you, you know, or, or on our website. So um, I love what you said though. Uh, bringing more women in is is another way to gauge what's needed. You know what you know what what is actually needed for the summit, and I think that's that's the same way we have felt felt and found in our men's summits is, you know, we could program it all from the global office, but you know it might not be what they need. You know, we want to we want to make it what they need. Right. So in the in this season, so that's good. That's good. Well, um, and I guess we'll make an announcement once you guys settle on that, and we'll start promoting it and. You know, helping you guys put the word out and all that. So uh, we had a few men that kind of helped support you all on that at the last one. So, you know, you, you guys can determine if you want men around or you may say this is no no men allowed, just kind of like they did in Memphis. So <laughs> you guys can figure that out. Yes. Yeah. Well, I already okay. know Andy's coming for, for the video. Oh, so I was there. At least he's allowed. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's great. That's great. Well, yeah, we just, the men want to serve you all in that the global office wants to help out however we can. So uh, you, you'll let us know about all that. So sure. great. Yeah. So any women out there who want to get involved, uh, we'll put Roberta's email address, you know, so you can send her an email. And these meetings are, are they already set like at a certain day and week and all that? Roberta, do you have all well, that? Or? Currently our meetings are uh, every other week on Thursday night at 730 central time. And that, okay. Yeah, it kind of accommodates both both coasts. Yeah, I've kind of found that evenings are kind of what you have to do if you want to catch everybody. You know, yeah. um, I'm usually not crazy about evening meetings because I have family stuff and all that, but that seems to be the best time in a in a global right. ministry anyway. So, right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, great. Well, um, well, thank you for all you're doing, Roberta, and uh, all the women that you've impacted over there. And uh, excited to see this start taking root in some of the. There's some regions out there that uh, there isn't quite yet a thriving women's ministry. So I right. think we view it kind of like with the men. It's all organic. It's all supernatural. We just pray for God to raise up the leaders or the champions. I like to call them champions um, in new cities. And then one, and then they just, how do they start? They just start by starting a journey group. Right. And then it goes from there and just starts moving outward from there and expanding. And next thing you know, you got a little mini army of people that can affect a city, you know, so. Right. Same with the women. Do you have time for one more um, little subject about the virtual journey group that I'm. uh, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You got asked to, uh, by our virtual team to, to help with a need. Yeah. Tell about that. Yes. So we were on a global prayer call and um, Tom C say, how do you say his last name? C Yeah. Uh had put out a call for uh, a need for a woman to lead a virtual group of Rwandan women. And um, so I I prayed about that and um, the Lord, you know, kind of cleared the way for that for me and i had had some i had a lot of contact with some internationals in a past ministry that i was working for and so i felt like you know god had equipped me to work with you know internationals some 
And so I, I said, yes, I would do that. So I've been so blessed to be able to do that. And I have a group of women, uh, two other guides from here, as well as one American woman are on the in the virtual group. And then there's about eight Rwandan women that that meet with us. And it's been such a blessing. They're so sweet and um, they love the journey and they they just uh, they're they're having a great time learning uh, the material. And they all, of course, speak English. And some of them, they they told me that English is is kind of their their first language and they learned it you know, from childhood, but there, there are some that it's their second language that they're really good though. <laughs> so, um, but the, the takeaway is that we're as human beings, we're all the same, no matter who, who we are, where we live, we're all the same and we all need the Lord and, um, need a deeper relationship with him. And that's what you know, I think that they've learned as well, that this has helped help them with that. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And and I think these were uh, a lot of these ladies were wives of the husbands who went through the first Rwandan men's group. Uh yes. I think. Yeah. Yes. So that is yeah, that's beautiful. I yeah, I've had the privilege of being with some people in Egypt and uh mm -hmm. we've we've gone to Brazil. Uh there's been journey groups in the Philippines and and the universal thing is yep. yeah, everybody's got the same core needs, right? right? And we all need an abiding relationship with Christ, all right. believers no matter where you're from, all, all tribes and all nations, you know, so yep. pretty awesome. Well, thank you for stepping up and doing that. I know that was a huge need and a huge blessing. And we, we hope to have more virtual groups because that's a great way to reach the world is right. virtual. And we didn't, you know, we, God turned us onto this whole zoom thing before it was cool before, or before it was necessary yes. <laughs> during COVID, you know? So, right. uh, so yeah, I've led multiple virtual groups and it's great, great thing. So. All right. Well, I think we're out of time, but thank you, Roberta. And again, bless you for all, all that you're doing. And uh, for all you out there who are listening, if you're, if you're a man, uh, there's still time for you to register for our men's summit, April 4th through 7th coming up at uh, new life ranch frontier cove. We're really excited. Go to our website. You can find out more information. We actually did a little video which shows the grounds and shows where we're going to be meeting. And, and I think it'll get you excited when, when you watch that. But if you're being called to, to join us, please register and, and join us. And uh, we're expecting 400 men at this one. So ought to be fun. So Anyway, my guest has been Roberta Hoppy. She's one of the key leaders out in Memphis, Tennessee, and also the leader of the Future Women's Summit that will be coming up possibly later this fall. So if you want to be involved in that, your lady, uh, send her an email, and she'd love to invite you to their meeting. So anyway, my name is Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and this has been the Influencers Network Podcast, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. you.